Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm delighted to say we're joined by Record Sports' Gary Ralston, fresh back from last night's season opening win in Gibraltar against St Joseph's and Record Sport Online's Callum Loudon to look at all the latest goings on at Ibrox. On today's pod we discuss Tuesday's season opener and that comprehensive win in Gibraltar, how the new faces are fitting into Stephen Gerrard's game plan and all the latest transfer news with another arrival imminent. Alright lads, Gary, good to see you. Aye, nice to see you, fresh face. Nice and tanned. Aye, I tell you though, it's, um, yeah, you get no, no, no sympathy, but it was a, a challenging flight home, but home we are, and uh, aye, Rangers have effectively rendered the second leg next week redundant by the Absolutely. second half performance yesterday. It was quite impressive, wasn't it? What isn't redundant is your garb. I'm pleased to see you've come back in your, your sun, summer sunshine uh, clobber. In the pink, yes. Aye, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just uh, your face. I know, I know, nice I know, I know, I know, I know, the red face, I know, <laughs> yeah, there you go, it's, um, it was beautiful weather in, uh, in Gibraltar, nice to, uh, uh, nice to see the sun, and I think the visiting fans um, enjoyed it as well, a few of them will be going down with sunstroke, I think, aye. it was taps half weather in, uh, on the rock, so they were, uh, aye, they were, uh, they were enjoying the game, the second half especially, I thought Rangers huffed and puffed in the first half, but it was only to be expected, given the game is so early in the season, and also, I think everybody knew St Joseph's game plan would be to, uh, you know, sit in and frustrate, and they, they did that for forty-five minutes before ultimately the the quality and the, the class of uh, Rangers in, in comparison to St Joseph showed. Yeah, they certainly did sit deep and then deeper and deeper. But uh, I think it was sound uh, like Madonna there. It was <laughs> <from> deeper. <laughs> One of my all-time favourites. Yes, um, I think. Every Rangers fan would still have been relieved to see Ryan Jack finally make that breakthrough and sent off, but. You were you were there for the, the entire the trip. You spoke to Stephen Gerrard afterwards. What's the overall feeling about this this start to the competitive season? But I think that um, I think you've got to look in comparison to see where Rangers were twelve months ago, and I think it was a remarkable achievement for Rangers uh, Stephen Gerrard to lead Rangers into the group stage last season, um, given that he effectively had brought in twenty three or twenty four new players and had to mould them into a style of play that he wanted to see, get his ideas across, his tactical ideas across players who didn't know. Each each other who didn't know the club, um, and you saw that reflected in kind of you know squeaky bum one one draws one nil wins two nil wins against sides like Shupe who who I think if they were to come across them uh, this year they would they would uh, they would defeat them more comfortably. So I think it was um, it was job well done, and I think that uh, there's still more to come. Obviously, I think Stephen himself said that they're probably only at about seventy or eighty percent uh, match fitness, but I think it was a case of get in there. Do the work, and uh, I fear for St Joseph's in the in, in the second leg next week. I think if Rangers um, turn it on, and he's got a big enough squad there, and he'll use the squad that you'll have hungry boys coming in. I, I think it could be eight, nine, or or, or maybe even ten um, at, uh, at, at, at Ibrox uh, wow. next week, and then that leaves leaves open another debate for another day about whether teams from. Gibraltar and, and uh, should even be in a uh, Europa League uh, competition, but uh, but yeah, um, uh, Rangers have, have eased their passage quite comfortably through to the next stage. Well, it is only two years since progress, neither corn, let's not forget that. Callum, you're watching back home in Glasgow here, uh, four goals, clean sheet, promising debuts. Um, what did you take for that, that performance? It's encouraging to see uh, when you think back two years ago, Rangers against progress, Nick. Uh, Aye, neither point. <laughs> you can't even bring yourself to say it now. Aye, <laughs> 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 against progress. Aye, the the difference in 
the way Rangers handle these games now is there for everyone to see. I think first half, uh, slacked off a bit, but it's expected this early in the season and on those pitches and that heat. But second half, you saw the ruthlessness come out. Uh, it's kind of what Gerard's been talking about for a while now. He wants he wants Rangers to keep going, to finish teams off. He doesn't want to sit back and one goal leads. And you can see the difference now in this Rangers team and what Gerard's been building with the efficiency and finishing and the kind of never said the never stopping uh, to finish off the opposition. And he's killed the tie off. And now he can get some of the younger boys, the new boys, in their return leg. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that, but I think we should underpin our discussion here by just reflecting on how modest. St. Joseph's. Well, I'm not taking that away. I th- thought Rangers were, which Callum said, they were ruthless and they, and they were professional. But, I mean, you're talking about a club whose annual turnover is somewhat £300,000 a year. Turned up at the stadium yesterday and the local Gideon Society were actually handing out Bibles, you know, repent all sinners. I think there was a few uh, few lost causes, it's certainly in the press, never mind, uh, uh, <laughs> never mind the, the, the Rangers fans, but, uh, but uh, they were ha- handing out Bibles. It was St. Joseph's, as I wrote this morning, that were left without a prayer. But, um, <laughs> but I you know, but 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 they were very very uh, modest, and and I think we should, you know, that should underpin the you know the the, the comments that that we make. For although that Rangers, you know, treated them with, uh, you know, they treated them with respect, and they and they got the result that their performance deserved. I think on on that point, I, I don't recall Alan McGregor even touching the ball. Never mind making the save. No, no. one or two wee, uh, one or two wee bits. Of me. They, they actually get a couple. Of, they were always going to, if they were ever going to prove a danger, it was always going to be off a set piece. And you know, once or twice they threatened. I think they get a couple of volleys in in the in the first half that that that, that whizzed over. But uh, but yeah, um, Rangers by the end were 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 more than comfortable. Let's look at the new boys then. There was two two Rangers debuts handed out to Shea Ojo and Jordan Jones on either flank. Uh, individually, I thought they looked good, they looked dangerous, they looked positive, albeit, as you say, against, um, I think you're being kind when you said modest opposition there. Um, I don't know if using the two wingers was suited to Jermaine Defoe. I felt it looked a wee bit isolated up there, but I suppose Scott Arfield will come back into the team, and that's when J- Jermaine Defoe seems to be at his best. But see, Fraser, I thought the shape of the team was, was quite interesting because I think that uh, he didn't really play Ojo and Jones as, as uh, wide, particularly in the in, in the first half. It was almost like a spearheaded three, quite a narrow three. I mean, I'm no, you know, tactics, uh, uh, tactical chat, but um, but they were played quite a narrow three up front, and in in to encourage. Borna Barisic and Tavernier to bomb forward yeah. from fullback positions. They were effectively yeah. they were effectively yeah. the wingers, um, and it didn't really quite work in the first half. I, I, I didn't think uh, probably um, uh, Barisic had a terrific second half, as did Tavernier. But in the first half, it took them a wee while to to, to get going. Um, so with Ojo stepping in on the right um, and and Jones stepping in on the left hand side to, to to support Jermaine Defoe, I thought at times it was a wee bit congested and I didn't think in the first half that the quality of delivery from wide areas was particularly good from Rangers but they, they bucked up their ideas in the second half certainly did I mean Barisic almost immediately in the second half provided the cross albeit there was nobody near him putting pressure on him I thought it was the Ryan Jack's goal and then the last goal came from Tavernier's cross so you're right they certainly stepped it up after the break sorry Callum I thought it was the two faces of Borna Barisic what we've seen in the first half I thought his deliveries weren't great uh, and then second half, you just saw that quality come through. It's kind of the two sides we've seen them so far at Rangers. And it was good to see him push on second half and show his qualities, if well, he can keep that up. I was going to come on to Barisic. Let, let's 
continue with the new boys. I mean, Ojo, as Gerard said himself, he, I think he said it was an incredible performance. He certainly got pace and power um, coming in off that, that right flank. Um, does it excite you, Callum? Yeah, I think he's he's a very exciting player. I think he's got a lot of potential this season for Rangers. He's got that old-fashioned winger, winger feel. He just wants to get the ball, make things happen, take players on. He looks strong, he looks pacey. I think he's going to be a real asset this season. I could definitely see him getting over 10-plus goals. The way he took that finish was very confident for a young man. Uh, could almost have been halfway there last night. He had, a, he had a few misses as well. Definitely, but that will come. You know, that's This is the first game of the season, so only encouraging signs for that for Ojo. I thought Stephen played a cute game after the, the, the game with us guys in the press. I mean, he described uh, Ojo's performance as, as incredible. Again, you know, you would mark it against the opposition that they were playing, but I think the manager is clearly um, trying to, if not talk up the player, then certainly encourage the player's confidence because I think he sees that there's a real talent in there. Um, and I think he, he, he works with uh, Ojo day in, day out, of course. Um, but I think... Reading between the lines, he, he probably suspects that he's a, he's a kid that's maybe just been a wee bit low in confidence. I know his loan move to Reims didn't work out well last last season, and it's really it's a last chance. As Gerard admitted after the game, it's a last chance saloon for uh, Shea to make it at Liverpool. He signed a five year contract last summer, so they obviously rate him very highly down there. But I think that this is a really significant season for Ojo. Um, and so I think that 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 that, that Stephen that Gerard is, is is really trying to boost the players' uh, confidence, um, and he was re- re- rewarded with it. I thought it was a I thought it was a fine display. Um, I'm, I love the way that he comes in. I mean, he's for me, he's got a boxer's physique. He's as strong as an ox. And he's lovely flight of foot as well. Um, I love that way that he comes in from the right wing and cut, dinks those wee left foot shots. And that's Robin. Um, you know, he's 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 lovely at that. I just wonder if defenders will get the mark of that in Scotland. But this is where I think that his partnership with Tavernier um, will become really crucial for Rangers because you can see him stepping inside, defenders moving to cover the inside shot, and then a quick pass out to the right and suddenly Tavernier's get a, a, a bit of space out there to, to operate um, but he's not short and uh, you know the, the goals mean that he's not short in confidence and we spoke to him after the game he's a, he's a really sweet kid and he's determined to make the most of this opportunity um, because he's, he's at a crossroads in his career I think he's got to deliver for Rangers big style if he's going to have a future at Liverpool um, beyond, uh, beyond the, the, the end of next season. It's encouraging to see because Rangers fans have been worried who's going to replace Ryan Kent, who's going to replace this directness and now Rangers fans have this guy who looks with similar type of excitement so Rangers fans will probably be getting excited about this guy because there's worries about getting Ryan Kent back and who's going to replace his sort of uh, technique and skill and do they even need Kent now and what I like about and what I felt, felt that Rangers lacked last season what I like about Ojo is that he Causes and Kent did it as does it as well. Um, as he causes a bit of chaos in the final third, um, you know, and I think Rangers struggled at times last season to break down well organised teams. And you can see a guy like Ojo running at defence, he's stepping inside. You know, all of a sudden he's dragging defenders out of positions where they where they really should be, and probably making space for uh, for, for for others. So I think that he's um, yeah, I think that the early signs uh, for Ojo are are very very good. 
what you were saying there, Ojo, then it's almost is that that same crossroads Ryan Kent was at 12 months ago mm -hmm. and Liverpool could obviously look at the development that Steven Gerrard and Rangers, the progress they made with Ryan Kent's game and that's possibly what they're looking to happen with Ojo as well. You said, is there any need for Kent anymore? I, d I don't think there's any doubt that Gerrard 100% wants him back. You would then have the situation he'd possibly have two Liverpool low knees, one on either, either flank. I uh, don't know if that's ideal. But... Coming to my point here, in a roundabout way, what does this mean for Daniel Kandias, who, to be fair, has always had a good relationship with James Tavernier as well, down that right flank? Absolutely, but I've always felt that Tavernier's issue is, is his, uh, the quality of his delivery. I think he's a tremendous asset to Rangers, particularly from a defensive point of view, and his work rate is, is exceptional. But time and again, I've watched Rangers attacks, founder in the right-hand side, by the, the the quality of the... And people will come back and provide you with stats to say that Kandias can, you know, is... is Provided second most uh, assists in the in the in the Premiership last season, I would say playing in that position for a club like Rangers, you would expect that anyway. But there are just times when I feel that his final ball um, is maybe just been lacking a wee bit, and so I just wonder if um, and it's all about competition. So I wonder if Gerrard's brought in these players. It keeps others on their toes, and he's, he's again he's thrown down the challenge to Candias. You want to be in this team? You've got to bring your A game week after week after week, and that means in a in an offensive sense, not just the work that you can do defensively. Yeah, everybody knows uh, that the stronger the competition for places is, then the more the team benefits. But you've still got the likes that well, we mentioned Jordan Jones earlier, who I thought had a, a pretty decent debut. You've got Joe Aribo, Greg Stewart, Candias, who we've mentioned, a possible Ryan Kent. Is there Scott Arfield still to come in, who will mm -hmm. surely come mm -hmm. back mm -hmm. in? Is there a danger here that he's possibly going to have too many options and get himself all tied up in selections and formations? We've seen it happen elsewhere. I think Derek McInnes, again, when Greg Stewart arrived, got himself in a bit of a, a quandary up in Aberdeen um, of his strongest attacking formation. Do you think Gerard knows what he wants? Yeah, I don't think that it's an issue because I think we've heard Gerard come out and say he's building a squad here to challenge on for four fronts basically obviously not challenging for Europe to go far in Europe and he wants to do as well in every competition we saw last year the Rangers squad was tiring a bit towards the end uh, they fell out the cup competitions it was the similar sort of players the similar sort of goal threats so I understand I, I don't think there is too many players now. I think competition is always healthy especially at a team like Rangers so I understand what he's doing and I think he's learned from his mistakes, hopefully, with the tactical switches and the tweaks and formation. I think everyone seems to be on board with what the job is at Rangers and what the style of play is now. After that, it was a good run last year, and I think they're st sticking to that similar sort of style. One of the, uh, and I'll get to my point in this a wee second, but one of the local reporters uh, after the game yesterday says, uh, oh, Stephen, uh, can you address the rumours? Is Peter Crouch coming to Rangers? Like and he says, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I can confirm. Uh, not the rumours that you expect, but yes, Peter is coming to Ibrox. He says, but only to interview me for his new chat show. And it gave us all, a, it, gave us a, a, it gave us a wee giggle. But I, I, I mentioned Crouch because I, I love the story that he told about when he first joined Liverpool. Uh, and he'd been told to expect at his very first training session as Gerard started raining passes, you know, um, at great speed from short distances because he wanted to see, is, what's this guy's technique like? What's this guy's talent right? Can he kill this ball with one touch that I fire at him from, you know, 15, 20 metres or whatever? And, uh, and Crouch said, that, you know, that the the standards that Gerard set as a player on the training ground were so exacting. And this was his test for new players. Are you good enough? 
to be in this training ground? Are you good enough, effectively, are you good enough to be in this training pitch with me? Wonderful, you know, self-confidence, arrogance that, that comes from a player of that class. And I think that he's effectively doing that with his players, isn't he? Um, he's basically laying down the, 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 the challenge to them and saying, listen, it's not just about what you're doing in, in games, it's what you're doing in training as well. So let me show you, you bring your A game to training, you bring your A game to matches, and, and I'll look after you. I'll give you a place in this team, but it's, but it's all on you. Um, and I think that that's a, I think that that's a fairly um, stable and sane form of management um, because he's effectively challenging these guys. I mean, Ojo's not at Rangers um, for, 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 for money. These guys, as important as the, lucrative, the financial rewards are uh, lucrative, ultimately in their heart, all they want to do is play football and play football in a team that plays a style of football that they like. That's what gets them up out of, uh, out of bed every day, however lavishly they may well be rewarded for it. And so Gerard has said to these guys, well, here you go, there's your opportunity, there's your stage, now go out and bring your A game. It's down to them, it's as simple as that. That's a lovely wee insight, that, isn't it, into, into Gerard's mindset and uh, just what goes on in that training ground. I think Jordan Jones mentioned it as well, within a couple of days of uh, being over in Portugal was just the demands that Stephen Gerard puts in his players day in, day out. And there are players who won't rise to that challenge. Um, you know, because you do your background on, on on players, and you think you know what they've got, and you think you know what they bring to the what they bring to the the party, um, and you hope that in the most part, because bad recruitment will kill any manager. Um, and you look at somebody like Gresta, they've clearly got it wrong for him. There's probably a player in there, but has he got the hunger? Has he got the desire? Has he got the the the, the energy and the willingness to make it at a club like Rangers? Well, the evidence so far. Suggest no, mm. and suggest that he'll be uh, uh, and and he'll be out of there if they can get a if they can get a a, a, a buyer for him. His old pal Barisic, then we said we'd mention him. Perhaps one guy that doesn't really have that competition yet in the left back position. Not quite sure what to make of his performance yesterday. He did create an assist. He uh, certainly got up the park. He was used more as a winger, as he mentioned, than a left back. But I still fear. Um, comes up against a decent attacking side that Borna Barisic could be left out to dry, hanging out to dry. Um, do you think he is answer to Rangers' left-back problem, Gary? I think he's got issues to address from a defensive point of view. Um, I think he's great going forward. Um, we show his free kick, we, although Big, Big Goldson was trying to claim it as all good players would. Um, but it was the ball was clearly over the line. Terrific free kick. Lovely assist for, um, for Ryan Jack. Jack's opener, um, which is a type of Delivery that we, we saw when actually when I was in Osijek last year when he was playing against Rangers. First thing he thought, first minute of the game, bang. He knocked a first time volley right across the, the face of the goal, and the wee striker poked it wide from about um, six yards. It was a real let off for Rangers, and we were all sitting in the press box and we all looked and said, that left back looks tidy. But I still have, um, in the basic defence, if I go back to the last game of the season, uh, at Kilmarnock, you know, caught wrong side for the ultimately for the penalty that cost uh, that cost Rangers the uh, cost Rangers the game. Um, I think Barisic in a team going forward against let's say more humble opposition in the in the Premiership, I think he'll get away with it. But I think when you step it up a level. Uh, when you step up against maybe the Celtics, the um, uh, Aberdeen, and also in the in European level, has he got the defensive wherewithal? Um, I'm not quite sure. He's got to find the answers himself, though. 
for you, Callum, is it is it worth persevering with? Um, some big games coming up. Um, Definitely. Difficult start to the league season. There's not a lot of time there to get working on his, his the defensive side of his game. I think he's a confidence player. I really do. I, I think his quality's there to see. You don't get in that Croatia team. He's playing international games for a fantastic international team. You don't do that if you are not don't have defensive capabilities and attacking capabilities. I just think it's all about confidence with Barisic. He's on that edge. I think of his heart maybe not being in it but he has the quality, so I think Gerard just wants to find it, and he's pushing him to, and I, I've got no doubt that if he wasn't, if Gerard didn't feel he could come through and start showing the heart a bit, then he wouldn't, he wouldn't have kept him this summer, so I think he definitely will deserve a chance, it's just about, it's ever since last year when he got, I think he got that one bad challenge, and he kind of, he's kind of started to back out a bit, and it happens a lot in Scotland, I feel, with some international players, and I just think he's got to persevere a bit, and Get through it, and there's a really good player in there. Cut to the car chase. You're saying he's got to man up. Tough because enough, some, I was just thinking because that. Yeah. Because Aye, there's, basically. There's, there's, there's sometimes I've seen him in games, and he's going down, and you're saying get up, you know, and he's going down holding an ankle or holding a knee, and he's you know he's limping, and you know, and you're saying to yourself, Aye. come on, this is Scottish football now, Borna. You know, get used to it. Take the knocks. Get up. You know, uh, give as good as you get. He looked a, a wee bit, um, uh, a wee bit uh, physically and mentally lightweight at times last season, uh, but. He, you know, but he joined the club at a, you know a, 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 a once the season had started, and also um, he did have you know genuine problems with injury as well. So, um, so I think again, like uh, Ojo, for different reasons, I think the next uh, three four months are a crucial stage, not just for Borna Barisic in his Rangers career, but a crucial stage for Borna Barisic in his football career yeah. as well. You should just get some tips off McGregor and Morelos. Just the way they give it out a bit, you know, obviously not to some of the extremes, but you know, kinda stick up for yourself a bit, don't let these against Alfredo in training every day. Aye, that's aye. what I'm saying. Aye. Lay one on him, that'll soon toughen them up. Alright, so moving on to the transfer latest then um, let's start as we always do with Ryan Kent, because Liverpool play their first friendly tomorrow against Tranmere. I'm sure he will he'll play at least a bit part in that game. Um, he's going to be getting plenty of game time with, with um, Jurgen Klopp's side in pre-season because you've got the three forwards that have been given extra time off because of the African Cup of Nations and Copa America, those being Salah, Firmino and Manny. So I think Rangers are going to have to wait another month to find out if they're going to get Ryan Kent or not. Uh, he's got the US Tour coming up where they play Dortmund, Sevilla, Sporting Lisbon. He'll then be up in Scotland to face Napoli at Murrayfield. And I think they play Leon in July the 31st. So if Rangers are to have any chance of getting Ryan Kent again for a second season, I don't think it's going to be until after the Premiership season started. You've hinted, Gary, that they might not need him. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm being a wee bit harsh now. I'm just looking at the numbers that they've got in Falters, and I'm also looking at the at the wage bill as well. Um, you know, because although the 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 backing from uh, from Dave King and the and the other investors and and, and Stephen Gerrard has been has, has has been terrific, you you really can't quibble with it. Um, they may not have spent a lot in transfer fees. Um, their outlays has probably been quite modest in that respect over the over the two years. But they've certainly freed up a lot of money in in wages, and I just wonder, um, not that. Not that um, that he'll be under great pressure to do so, but I'm sure that Mark Allen will be looking at the numbers in the squad and he'll be looking to get players such as Gresda, maybe guys like Dorans, uh, one or two, and I know Rossiter's away to Fleetwood, but he'll be looking to get West Fodringham possibly as well. He'll be looking to get good earners at the club off the wage bill because you just can't keep adding 
player after player after player after player. Um, you know, that's some like seven new players if you include Stephen Davis um, arrive for the for the for the new season. So um, yeah, so listen, if, he, if 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 there's a willingness to get Ryan Kent, um, if there's a willingness for Kent to come back again, I'm sure they will they they, they will get a deal done. Um, but I, I also think that the, the squad needs pruning as well, and I think Stephen Gerrard himself would admit that that he needs to, you know, needs to get half a dozen out the door, um, you know, even just for the for the sake of squad comfort as well, because squads carrying too many players, they can be they can be cumbersome, and if guys are not involved and know that they're not going to be involved, then they can bring with them their own challenges for 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 for, for managers as well, you know, walking around yeah. with we, you know, with, with long faces. So, um, but Ken. You know, I, I, I really like Ken. I thought he provided that wee spark for them last season. But what Gerard has done and Mark Allen have done is they've got their transfer activity. I, I refer to it as the low lying fruits. You know, the deals that they, that they had been they'd been wanting to do since the start of the season. They've got them done and they've got them done in good time. Yeah, they're obviously in the market for another central defender in the next uh, in the next couple of days. And I think there might even be you know the once they you see what happens in the English season because that transfer market down there hasn't really kicked off yet you know um, and once the season starts down there and squads are start started put together and they put in their squad lists, lists to the Premier League you know I think there may well be one or two other opportunities at that stage in the season for you know for Rangers to, to, to go in and maybe maybe pick a wee plum. Yeah well what do you think now Callum you, you've seen the the shape of this uh, how this Rangers forward line shaping up do you, do you think it's imperative that they go for Rankin, albeit with the, the, the challenge that is in front of Rangers this season. Um, it's now or never um, to stop nine in a row. Uh, should they put all their eggs in one basket and go after Ryan Kent? I think they should. I, I don't. I think he's just that. He's just got that little bit of star quality. Like we've seen. We talked about how good Ojo looks. Uh, you know, we've got John Jones. He looks good, but we know that Ryan Kent has that something little about him. Like he took on the mantle of the old firms last year. He was like always like one of the guys driving Rangers forward. Scored that fantastic goal at Celtic Park. It's hard to replace this, and if this is the season, Rangers need as much quality and grit as they can get in there. And if there's an option to get Ryan Kent, Rangers have to take it. They can't turn that down. And I think that what I think will happen is right now. I think that Liverpool basically are going to see if anyone will be looking to buy Ryan Kent. After so it's pre season two. in that front, isn't it? I think Leeds so, and Aston Villa had a wee. Uh, yeah, I think that. Nip, but it seems to have gone very quiet. If he's going out on loan, I think Rangers will get first option. But I think right now, Liverpool are maybe seeing how good he is pre season if anyone's going to make a bid. So I think they're kind of floating about waiting to see what happens. But Interesting to see what game time he gets in this pre season and how he performs in that, in that Liverpool side. Anyway. You see what you're talking there, and, um, and we're talking about Liverpool and we're talking about Kent and loan signings, I still maintain that the, the, the biggest loan signing Rangers have made from Liverpool is Steven Gerrard himself and something that hasn't really been addressed and it's I think it's quite an interesting discussion point as well I think that this is the biggest season in Steven Gerrard's career even as a player probably his breakthrough season at Liverpool is, was, his, was his most important till now but I think that this is the biggest season in Steven Gerrard's career because if he doesn't get it right at Rangers this year, if he doesn't maybe win the title, I think he'll, he'll certainly be looking to win the title, certainly be looking to win silverware 
and get a, another run in Europe. If it doesn't happen for him, then the chances of him getting that Liverpool job are slim, or you know they they become um, uh, it doesn't become as much of a uh, as a as a possibility as a lot of people think that he is just now. Even and for I a don't man think thirty-nine-year-old, that's a monumental statement. I don't. That. I don't even think that um, because I don't think Steven Gerrard is the type of guy who's going to manage Tranmere Rovers and Blackburn and go to Brentford for a couple of seasons and then pop up to you know I don't know you know go and get a, a, a championship club or maybe a, a club in the lower Premier Leagues. I think his standards are set as they were as a player. They're set in the very very top. So I think that this season um, for, for 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 Steven Gerrard, it's all about proving that he can cut it as a manager at the sharp end and at the and at the highest end, and that he can prove that he's got what it takes as a manager and equally significantly significantly as a coach to make an impact at the highest level of the management game. I think that's the challenge he sets himself because that's the challenges he set himself as a player. Yeah. Um, and I think that this season is shaping up to be a monumental season for Rangers in terms of monumental challenge, but it's also a monumental season for Steven Gerrard and his future career and whether it will be at the level of football that he wants it to be or whether... because. I, I, it doesn't strike me as being a guy who's going to. Do you know what I mean? He's not. He's not going to go and. He said that before. I'm not going to be a guy that manages a lot of clubs. Yeah. He's not going to scrabble around League One, and he's not going to scrabble around the Championship. Well, I said they had loads of offers before Rangers, so, and he chose Rangers for this reason. Uh-huh. For yeah. The size of the club is real interest. What a real interesting point that is, Gary. And uh, I think we touched last week, the week before, on the fact that he was more or less a one-club man's a player because he's got those standards mm-hmm. and that level. He didn't. Sl- I mean, he's still only 39, incredibly. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. seems to be retired for a good few years now so it wasn't one that wanted to slowly just edge down the leagues and edge towards retirement he wanted to go out basically at the top mm-hmm. so you've said that as it he knew the challenge when he took the job at rangers he knew he basically had two years to stop celtic so mm-hmm. that's fair enough what you're saying wouldn't it still if he i mean getting well ahead of ourselves here but if he got very close to celtic as close as he can get but ultimately didn't stop nine in a row would it not be a a bit unfair to say that 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 would have no because be I think no because I, no because I, I think he's a guy and excuse me he's a guy who doesn't accept um, bullshit mm-hmm. he's a guy who speaks very um, honestly he likes an a, a, an honest question asked honestly and I think that he will look on uh, finishing second to Celtic this season as being unacceptable and as being a failure of uh, of him and uh, and his management. I think that's the type of pressure that he will put on himself because it's the type of pressure that he's always put on himself um, in, in the professional football game. And it's also the challenge that he'll be laying down to his, uh, to his players as well. But no, I think he sets himself very, very exacting standards. And I think anything less than a title win for Rangers this season will be unacceptable to Steven Gerrard. Thoroughly go along with that, actually, now that you brought it up. But Callum, some... Possibly lesser for a, a, a better express want of a better expression. Lesser managers might think, well, two cup wins would be enough to, for success this season. But I hear what Gary is saying there. Gerard has one aim in mind, and it's solely to stop Celtic getting nine in a row. 
do you go along with what, what Gary said? Yeah, there? it's a great point. I think it's even backed up by the way Gerard's handled his business this summer. He's got everything in early. He's identified what needed to be improved. He's identified, kind of identified early uh, in the end of last season what players weren't making the cut, what players he wanted rid of. He's not kind of leaving anything to chance. The only thing he's kind of leaving is, if oh, well, we get Kent, because uh, that might be the icing on the cake, uh, another top centre half. But the squad looks settled, looks ready. Everyone looks to be buying on. He's getting in all the boys who are going to be given commitment, I think. So he seems to be... Prov- the way he's acting is going along with what Gary's saying. So, yeah, it's a great point and it's backed up. Well, that, that's certainly setting the Rangers fans up for an exciting season anyway. That, that, that's the Listen, whether they do it or not, because I still, still think there's a huge challenge to be, you know, they've, they've got to match a Celtic team that knows how to win. You know, and Celtic are going through their, their, their um, uh, changes as well. They're changing the menu this uh, summer, obviously. Uh, with Neil Lennon's first full season as in his second term as well. So Celtic are still the standard bearers there. Yeah, you know, they're, 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 they're the team that's, that's, that's there to beat. They're the team that have got the experience and the know-how to, to, to win matches when it when it when it counts. Rangers couldn't do that, that uh, last season. We've not had you on here for a couple of weeks, Gary, so we've not had your opinion on this. I have say week in, week out one to one, one against one. Rangers did match Celtic last season, even beat them in aggregate if you want that what look at it that way over four games. It was two wins apiece. It was the, the games the the lesser games, your mother was certainly your Aberdeen's where uh, Kilmarnock's where where Rangers let themselves down and that is why I think Steve Gerrard has possibly brought in the type of player he has, the type of player that's prov- proven at this level. And um, that, if they can take the points off those teams that matter, match Celtic as they did last season, I think that that could be key. Do, do, I think what I'm coming around to asking you here is, do you believe this is the season Rangers can do it? Well, I, I take what you said about last season in terms of matching Celtic, but it's a, it's, it's, that's also akin to saying that the operation was a success, but the patient still died. Yeah, yeah. You know, the bottom line is Rangers couldn't get it o- over the line against Kilmarnock's and against Dundee's and against St Johnston and against stuffy defences. Um, can they do it this season? Um, I think it's too early to say. Uh, I think there'll be closer challengers, but I think that what's absolutely imperative is that I think Rangers have to hit the ground running. Rangers, for well, since their financial meltdown um, and since they've been back in the in in, in, the, in the top flight, um, have always been chasing Celtic. Always been chasing Celtic. I think it's time if Rangers are going to win the league. I think they have to start in such a fashion that they leave Celtic chasing them, you know, after the first quarter of fixtures. And you think that, well, with uh, uh, the first old firm game of the season at Ibrox, um, there's a possibility to, to, to do that. But I think if Rangers are to have any su- chance of success, they've got to be leading the table by the first quarter of the season and they've got to have thrown down the gauntlet to Celtic to say, hey, it's time for you guys to play catch-up with us and let's see how you handle that pressure. Yeah. not saying that Celtic won't handle it, but I think that... That will, that will be the biggest test for Rangers. They've got to come out the blocks flying. They've got to be leading that table after the first round of first round of league fixtures. Well, they certainly got a squad in place early enough, so there's no excuses for them not to hit the ground running. I suppose. I, I think uh, just one final thing. Then it mentioned last night after the game that they're very close to an eighth signing, another defender. It, clearly wouldn't have mentioned this if it wasn't going to get over the line. Hopefully, in time for the weekend, he reckons. 
What sort of level of player? Doesn't seem to be any names, any suggestions of who this player might be. He's kept this one close to his chest. So what, what sort of level of player are we expecting? And here another George Edmondson type to maybe no, give cover or somebody no, that can go I, straight I, I in? I don't know. You know, you would think Katic is 21. What age is Edmondson? He's only, what, 21, 22, 22 as well. Yeah. So I think he'll probably look for a for a more senior figure. Um, he was given nothing away. He was, he was quite coy, as is his, as is his right. Um, you know, he said that negotiations were at a delicate stage, but they were moving in the right direction and he hoped to have a, a, a a deal announced by Friday. I think you'd probably look to uh, to get someone of uh, of experience um, in there. I'm not talking about a you know a, a, another Gareth McCauley type necessarily, but certainly uh, someone who's you know maybe late twenties, early thirties, that kind of uh, level of player um, because he's got his two young two younger players in there in Katic and Edmondson and Goldson's what 26, 27 as well. So I think you'll look to bring in a bit of experience there. Yes. Callum, is that uh, the final piece of the jigsaw, do you think? Other than, keep going back to Ryan Kent, don't we? But let's forget him for a moment. Would that be the final piece of the jigsaw for you? Yeah, I still feel there's maybe sometimes in Rangers' defence just a wee bit of experience lacking sometimes. And I think we saw it last season. We've got these young, the young defenders in, obviously all look great defenders, but there's still some experience, so... Yeah, definitely. I think it is a final piece of the puzzle, getting experienced head in there. What do you mean by that? A talker? I mean, remember he got Alan McGregor behind him. I'm quite surprised at that comment. James Tavernier's got plenty of experience now. I just feel sometimes in the centre-half positions there's been a bit of a lack of leadership. And I feel like, yeah, you've got your goalkeeper, you've got your right-back who are vocal, but I quite like a centre-half to be vocal. And I think Gerard does as well, to be honest. He's always... In his interviews, he's always talked about how big an influence Jimmy Carragher was. So I'm just seeing it from his point of view as well. So I think he wants someone in there who's vocal and a bit more experienced. Hey, you never know. Richard maybe we'll go back on Jurgen Jurgen Klopp and see if he'll give him Virgil Virgil Van. Ah, well, that'd be a rather big cat. That <laughs> <one>. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, let's finish, guys. Brilliant. Um, Marseille up next on Sunday. We'll be live blogging that one at DailyRecord.co.uk. So make sure you tune in for that one. You're not going along to Ibrox, but um, that's all from us. Thanks very much, Gary, for joining us. Callum, to yourself as well. If you want to continue the debate, you can find us on Twitter at record underscore sport and on Facebook as well. We'll be back next week to talk all things Rangers, so don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can rate us on there too. Thanks very much for listening.